You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. It's great to be here as always, and we're stacked, packed, and loaded today. We're going to discuss the quarterback position, not only in Jerry World, but what's going on in New Orleans and so much more. And as always, we're going to end with a look ahead to the 2021 NFL Draft. But thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment for overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football, watching. Now, Tony, let's dive in, because we watched the Dallas Cowboys fair. Yes, sir. Okay, they, they played all right. The other night uh, against uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it wasn't enough. And the, the Cowboys are reeling. And Andy Dalton, maybe we'll see him back under center. I've seen some that say Dalton shouldn't start this week. Uh, but we're not going to get into that debate. What I do think is interesting, Jerry Jones on Tuesday Uh-oh. appeared on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, which he does, <laughs> seems like seven times a, a, a week. I mean, he's given bullets and board material every single day. Did he tell Cowboys somebody are. to shut up again? That's all I want to know, man, because he did that last week. Did he tell somebody <laughs> he to shut up again? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, but he did say this. He said, quote, you asked me if it was crazy to bring the idea up of taking a quarterback with a top three pick. And he said, quote, yes, we're playing games here, guys. It's nothing to be talking about at all. Dak is our quarterback. So, Tony, with that said, Jerry Jones doubling down on Dak Prescott, a guy who's in the final year of his deal on a one-year franchise tag, obviously going to be out for the season. If the Cowboys do finish with a top five pick or even a top three pick in the 2021 NFL draft, should they take a quarterback? Should they trade back and double down on Dak? What say you? Um, look, I, I was on record. First of all, Jerry has to say that now because I think the re- one of the reasons they're playing so bad, they, were, they weren't playing great defensively before Dak got hurt, uh, uh, you know, James. But I really think they lost a lot of leadership when Dak went down. And because Dak didn't get – the proper respect a lot of people thought he was due. Now, I know there's a lot of people, especially because of what we've been through in the pandemic and the folks have lost their job that says $35 million is nothing to shake a stick at. $35 million compared to what other guys were being offered in terms of guaranteed money. Um, When you talk about Deshaun Watson and you talk about the way that Jerry was verbalizing his thoughts saying, well, he's not this guy and he's not that guy. That's wrong. You never do that. You know, because you don't say he's not this guy, he's not that guy, because that's like calling your own kids ugly. He's not, you you don't do that. He doesn't have to beat them to get paid. He's your guy. So when he went down and you really see how bad that offense was without him, and then the defense started playing poorly without him, now you really see the value of Dak Prescott to your team 
you really can't say anything bad about Dak Prescott now. You have to say what Jerry said. Now, what I did say before he got hurt, James, was they need to think about franchise tagging him and trading him and getting uh, uh, two more draft picks because if Dallas is going to have a high draft choice and then they can get two more draft picks, including a high first rounder for Dak for one of those quarterback starved teams that won't be able to get one of those top two guys, they can then package that stuff up and maybe coax one of those teams that are in the top two and move up or make a deal and bring Matt Stafford back home, who's already under contract. That'll save them some long-term money and, 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 and save them having to pay huge bonuses and then use some of that money that they have on, on the defense. Because as it, as it currently is constructed, the Cowboys don't have a whole bunch of cash. We've talked about how many guys they have that are, that are making a, a ton of money. If they pay Dak more money, they won't have any money to rebuild that defense. And that's a problem. So, yeah, I do think the possibility of them trading him was in play. But now you can't do that with a dislocated ankle. They have to pay him now. And they're going to have to trim the fat somewhere else. And that means weakening their team. So I think the prospects of them even being good with them back are still going to be very, very bad. I 100% agree with you. Look, Dak Prescott is a, a good football player. There, there's no doubt about it. I think he deserves to get paid. I think he's a top 15 quarterback, starting quarterback in the league when healthy. But the reality is if we're talking about a top five draft pick, we're, we're not talking about Trevor Lawrence, but we might be talking about Justin Fields. And does Justin Fields have more ability than Dak Prescott? Is his ceiling higher than Dak Prescott's? Yes, I, I, I think we can say that. I, I feel confident in saying that. And right. that doesn't mean he's going to end up being as good as Dak and, and be a pro bowler and be a guy that commands $40 million. But if things go right, wherever Justin Fields lands, I feel confident in saying that dude is going to be a baller in the NFL. So if the Dallas Cowboys can get him, or maybe it's Trey Lance, right? Or maybe it's Wilson from BYU. You know, who knows? But if they can get one of these guys that they feel like is a future star, and like you mentioned, get him on a rookie deal and kind of retool this roster. And, oh, by the way, flip Dak to, let's say, the Chicago Bears – who are going to need a quarterback at the end of the year. And there are other teams, of course, maybe the San Francisco 49ers, you know, who knows uh, the New England Patriots, who knows, right? Right. I, I think that if you could get a pick or two for Dak, you know, a, a two and a four, let's say, or, or maybe you do get a late one. Heck, there was a, a report the other day that Sam Darnold could be traded this offseason for a two and a five. Well, I think Dak, even coming off of ankle surgery, in, in a, that injury is more proven than a guy like Sam Darnold. Right. I would, I would rather give up more picks for, for a guy like Dak. So that, to me, makes this a, an easy landslide. I think Justin Fields versus Dak, $40 million on one side, in, in healthy Dak versus Justin Fields. You, you can make the argument either way. But when you take into consideration where the Cowboys are, how these young quarterbacks are performing, and what they could do with those funds and get extra draft assets, this is a no-brainer. And you're right. He can't say that now. But if the Cowboys aren't in the quarterback market this offseason and willing to listen to offers for Dak Prescott, then they're out of their damn minds. And it could work out well for both sides, and, and maybe it does. But uh, Justin Fields specifically, if that dude's available and the Cowboys are on the clock, I don't know why they wouldn't take him. 
You're right. I will tell you this, though. I would like to see Dak Prescott with someone other than Jason Garrett and with someone other than the new analytical Mike McCarthy. I, you know, and Dak was putting up MVP numbers before he got injured. He was the only bright spot in Dallas. So going from a bad team to a good team, someone obviously that is beginning to assert themselves. We talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. Pittsburgh played Dallas this weekend. They escaped, you know, and good teams have bad games every now and then. Pittsburgh did not play well, but they escaped to 8-0. So we talked about them last week. Let's go to the NFC. We were wondering who was going to start shaking, shaking the flour off, you know, like when you fry chicken, you have to shake that excess off before you put it in hot grease. Who was going to start shaking the excess off and start really looking like something? You know, for a while it was Seattle, and then we we know Green Bay six and two, but we know, like we said, they have no hind parts. And as soon as somebody starts running up the middle, they're going to fold. It looks like Seattle. I'm sorry, New Orleans is the team that is the one that's complete, offensively, defensively. The defensive line, the offensive line, they got Michael Thomas back, the passing game, the running game with Alvin Kamara, the DBs, they look like that team that's starting to turn the corner and they've gotten over that hump of halfway through the season. They're starting to look like that team that has that look. And you know the look I'm talking about, that look of a team that is built to make a run. There's no doubt about it. And and that's what they – they went all in on this year. You think back to the offseason – Sean Payton asking Drew Brees, hey, come back one more year. Michael Thomas is back now. Alvin Kamara, who really carried that team during the first month plus of the season. He's obviously still going to be a huge part of that offense, but might not have to do as much moving forward. Drew Brees looks as good as we've seen him, I think, this year, what he did against that Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. So this team, absolutely. I I think that they are – uh, on offense, you can see it coming together. On defense, I don't know how they did what they did against Tampa, and you can blame Tampa a lot, and I think there's a lot of blame there. But that defense balled out on, on Sunday night. So when you look at this Saints team, they were obviously one of the favorites in the NFC entering the year, and I don't know why you wouldn't have them right there. Whatever you thought of them before the season started, uh, assuming it was good and, and it was one of those – contending type teams, which I felt like they were, I think they've solidified that now and they're only going to get better. And Michael Thomas is only going to improve after missing two months due to injury in this offense. To me, the only question mark, and it's really going to always be a question mark. If they have to go outside in January to win a game in inclement weather and they're not in a dome, how do they handle it? But if they end up getting that one seed and they keep winning and they find a way to do that in the NFC, then it won't matter because everyone's going to have to go through New Orleans and then the Super Bowl's in Miami. Right. And one thing that where they've struggled in the past was their – Or offensive. in Tampa, rather. It's in Tampa. Sorry. Right, right. They, they've struggled in their protections. They protected the other night. And that's with Sue and that bunch and, and, and Levante David and, and that, that Tampa uh, off the defensive line, that front. They really didn't let them uh, bother uh, Drew Brees. And the way that you do that is you offset it with Alvin Kamara. So the Saints are starting to turn that corner. Um, we got a couple of teams that aren't turning the corner, by the way. In our next segment, we're going to talk about if you could be the GM of any one of these bad teams that's at the top and two of them played last night, who would it be? So last night I'm, I'm sitting here watching the Jets and the Patriots play because of fantasy football reasons. And, and obviously I cover the Jaguars and you, like you cover the Bengals. 
Jaguar fans are rooting like crazy for the Jets to win. And the Jets fans were probably rooting for the Jets to lose because of the draft position in 2021, the Jets have the number one pick. And by the way, shout out to Steve Young for saying that if Trevor Lawrence, if the Jets end up with the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence ought to stay in school. And Steve Young is the one who would say that because he didn't go to Tampa. He said, I'm not playing for the Bucks." But I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm laughing and smiling at the Jaguar fans for being happy for three quarters. But then even before New England took the lead last night, at the end of the game, I'm sitting there. I got sad. I got sad that the Jaguars fans are in that position in the first place. And I got mad at the organization. How could you be so bad and putrid that your fans are rooting for the big green fungus in New York? That, that is sad. That's a sad state of being. So it made me think. I said, I'm going to ask James if he wants to discuss. If you could be the GM of any one of these teams that's scheduled to pick in the top five next year, who would it be? And I'm going to ask you that question and give you a chance here on Locked On NFL Wednesday to answer it in just a second as we continue on Locked On NFL. All right, I want to tell you how you can protect your family the way that I protect mine. My daughter, one of them, is a beautician, and she gets off late at work at night and protecting my family is my number one priority, but I want to do it safely. And the people at Taser believe that safer self-defense is better self-defense. Taser's a line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you or in your glove compartment or purse, yet they're powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. They use an electrical charge to immobilize attackers for up to 30 seconds, allowing you time to escape and send an emergency dispatch to your GPS location. Taser devices come loaded with features like laser-assisted targeting and emergency dispatch which will send response teams to your GPS location upon firing. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Law enforcement theme. Listen, and now you can own a Taser, the number one choice of law enforcement agencies. Protect yourself and your family with Taser's line of smart defense products. Taser is available without a permit in the U.S., that's right. Get the Taser Plus Plus or Taser Strike Light at Taser.com with the promo code NFL. Save 15% now at Taser.com with the promo code NFL. It is spelled T-A-S-E-R.com with the promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're back here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday with James Rapine and I am Tony Wiggins. We're going to put our general manager hat on right now, and we're going to say you got a job, and you get to choose your job. Is it the Jets who have the number one pick? Is it the Jaguars who have the number two pick? Is it the Cowboys, the Giants? And let's throw in the Washington football team just for kicks. We just want to include a couple of teams from the NFC least as i like to refer it to the nfc least by the way real quick as a side note rapine if there was a way the commissioner could say i'm not taking the team out of that regular division this would be a year that they should do it <laughs> i'm telling you man there's no doubt man it's uh it's a rough one i think philly's gonna win that one uh but it uh it, it is certainly um a sight for sore eyes and they, they are selected or set to have at least as of right now picks three through five in the 2021 NFL draft. It, it's, 
it's crazy here because Tony, I'll be honest, before we started recording, you said, I think it's the Jaguars. And you thought I was being biased because and all, and, oh, and I was like, Man, look at Tony's right. biased ass. I know, he's, I, he's over I know, here. I know that's what you I, I knew you, but see, here's here's the thing. I'm omniscient, right? Mm-hmm. I knew you were gonna say that. I said, watch. <laughs> I, I sat and said, I, I said, watch this sucker in Cincinnati. Sit there. That's what I said. I was like, watch this joker. He gonna sit here, <laughs> he gonna sit there and say, Oh, you would say that. And I promise you, that's exactly I should put it on Twitter. He goes, Oh, you would say you said exactly what I thought you would, but go ahead. You would say that. And and I look now, <laughs> and man, Dallas, look, what I in, in a hypothetical world love to be the GM of the Dallas Cowboys, absolutely. But let's be honest, that's Jerry Jones. Like that ain't that's yeah. not you. You're not gonna be able to do that. So nope. that one you just scratch that off. The Giants, whew, that's tough. Cause what can you get for your current quarterback if you're gonna take a quarterback? Got I'm a not banged there. up running back. Got a banged so, up running yeah. back. You drafted so, a left tackle last year that should be playing guard. So, so to me, it's down to three teams. Uh, it's down to Washington, Jacksonville, and the Jets. The Jets comes with a ton of pressure. Uh, if you don't win right away, I, I think you're going, to, uh, you're going to feel it. But you do get Trevor Lawrence, and that's the key here because it probably is the Jacksonville Jaguars if they're first. Like if I'm just picking a destination – and I know I can get Trevor Lawrence, and those two probably, you, you want them to go hand in hand, then that's where you're going. But to me, if I could be GM of any of these teams, it's whoever's getting the best quarterback. And that's number 16 for the Clemson Tigers. <laughs> there, there's no way they lose to Notre Dame if Trevor Lawrence is out there. And I know the, the freshman played well. Yeah, he did play but, well. But Lawrence is a baller. And, and so I would say Jacksonville, as far as a, a fit, Heck, I've been to Jacksonville multiple times. I like that aspect of it, too. And I'm not just saying that because you live there. I know. But uh, if I had to rank them, it would still be the Jets, number one, because they're getting Trevor Lawrence. But if they somehow flip, if the Jets had won the other day and, and they tie with or tie records-wise or, or something like that, and the Jags end up with the top pick, then I'm going Jacksonville. And I, I will say this, that the Jets, they're set to have a bunch of cap space next year. And – they do have that trade ship, like we mentioned, in Sam Darnold. So to me, if you could have Trevor Lawrence, a bunch of cap space in New York, and a trade ship where you can get some extra draft picks, you can rebuild it and retool it in the Tom Brady-less AFC, or NFC East, or AFC East, excuse me, pretty quickly. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to be capable of doing it, but I would certainly like to have that job. All right, so let me tell you why I said Jacksonville. But before that, I'm going to tell you why you're not far off. Because with the Jets, you do get the, the, the best player, right? You also have Mikai Becton, who I think is going to be, as long as they keep him healthy, is going to be an all-world, maybe one of those gold yellow jacket type dudes at left tackle. So you already have the security, the security blanket to your future quarterback. I think he's just that good, right? The Jets are second with $95 million in cap space. So they're right behind the Jaguars in salary cap space. And I don't care what Steve Young says. He said no to Tampa. Eli Manning said no to San, uh, San Diego at the time. And some mm-hmm. NBA players have said no to Canadian teams. If anyone says no to New York, they're going to regret that for their entire career with the East Coast media and the New York media. You're going to get destroyed. You can't do that. You can't ever say you don't want to play there. And that's, that's just going to be – 
uh, shoe deal suicide and everything else, if you ask me. You don't say no to the number one media market. You know what I'm saying? It's just you just don't do it. So I do believe I think Joe Douglas is a good GM. I would kind of put feelers out there if I was Trevor Lawrence saying it depends on who the coach is going to be to kind of force Joe Douglas to get rid of Adam Gase if he's not already going to do it. But I don't think that that's a bad deal for him. I, I really do. But the reason why I say Jacksonville is because if there it's two, they're going to get a good quarterback. Um, I would also uh, push management to make a move and change their philosophies with how they depend on analytics and uh, maybe a change at GM also, not maybe, but change a change at GM. And I, and I would, whoever took over, well, the GM would be me, but, you know, but they would have to have a change of the way they approach things and to, to give me kind of autonomy to run the entire organization instead of Tony Khan, the son of the owner, kind of with all of this analytics and all of this stuff and the way that they do things. Um, but yeah, I just think the 12 draft picks, they have two in the first round. Right now, they have four in the top 41, and they have $100 million. No state taxes. I just think that it gives you an opportunity as long as it's a totally new thing where you're not telling guys to come in here and it's the same old thing where, you know, 25% of the complaints to the NFLPA is by people who are in the organization currently. No, it's not that. This is not the place where guys – it's not the farm system it used to be. We're not the Pittsburgh Pirates of the NFL. We're not here. We're not the guys that everybody's trying to get away from. Uh, so that's why I say Jacksonville, but they have a lot of work to do. I still think they, they have to build their defense. They really have uh, – I, I don't think they have that franchise left tackle. I think they have to go get it, and, and that's the difference. So they have a ton of draft picks. If scouting is your thing and you think you can really do a good job of uh, team building, you got some good wide receivers, you got a good running back, I think this is the place for you. It just depends on who you can draw here and make come here and play as a free agent. This ain't the strongest free agent market either. No, no, Tony, it's not. But honestly, uh, and I'm starting to see this with Burrow a little bit in Cincinnati. If you get Trevor Lawrence – or let's just say Justin Fields it too, right? And, and Fields is that dude. He's the next Kyler Murray, but he's bigger and, you know, whatever. Whoever you want to compare him to, Russell Wilson, whatever. To me, that's going to attract whoever you want. And so if you get it right at quarterback, well, hell, who wouldn't want to be on Atlantic Beach? Who wouldn't want to be at Jack's yeah. Beach or Neptune or, you know, all, all the beaches down there on the water? Of course they would. The issue so, is, though, well, people will have to anticipate that that's what you're going to do if you're number one or number two because free agency comes first. That's the only thing. So you would have to almost tell them, look, we'll get one of those quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? You, you almost have to show your hand if that's the case. And you sure. can do that at number one or number two. Three or four, you probably can't get away with that. But they would have to know that you're getting one of those guys. So to your point, yeah, I agree with you. And shout out to you knowing Atlantic Beach, too. I, I appreciate that, man. You, you, you know some hoods in my hood. I, I, got <laughs> I got you. Let me ask you something while we're here. I probably can do this. Is Carl Lawson in the contract? He's he's under contract. He's a free agent to be this offseason. That's what I'm talking about. See, see, we need. <laughs> Look a at you. Look see? at you, GM Tony, already trying to. Uh, okay, we need go a pass, after the play, man. We need a pass rusher down here, man. So I'm just asking now. I'm asking. I know the kids from down south, so I'm asking for people down here. Hey, but you know what was a hot topic? What's been a hot topic for a number of years? Uh, a guy up your way, Joe Mixon, got paid, right? 
a hot topic for years was this devaluing of running backs because Todd Gurley got hurt and, and people were saying, this is why you don't pay running backs. Remember? But let me tell you something. Mixon got hurt. I know he had a great game against the Jaguars. I don't know what he's done since then, but I, I know, you know, two guys that got paid. McCaffrey got paid last year, or no, this offseason, but he got banged up. And then that whole crowd came running back out there this year. Look, 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 that's why you don't pay. You cannot say that about Alvin Kamara. Early this year, they said it about Dalvin Cook. They said, see, you know, people are real quick to want to validate their opinion about stuff. Dalvin had something to say and do about that. Dalvin Cook has had almost 500 yards in the last two games. These guys that think that just because guys are going to get paid, they're going to all of a sudden get fat and lazy. Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara are two guys, at the minimum, the two guys that have proved that wrong and are changing the narrative about this devaluation of running backs. You're right. You're right. And, and those two guys, what they've done, heck, we mentioned Alvin Kamara how many times? I, I don't know how. He's, he's the most important player on the Saints right now. <laughs> and that includes Drew Brees because of what he can do and what he brings and how he makes defenses uh, work and, honestly, how he makes Drew Brees better. And I, I think that that's – that's the thing is not every running back is, is worth getting paid, you know, and worth paying 12 to $15 million, but there are some ask Panther fans, how they felt about Christian McCaffrey returning. And I know he got re-injured, but how, how he kind of changed the way that offense played. Right. And they were dynamic enough to almost, almost beat the Kansas city chiefs. Now think about that. So there are guys that are worth it. Dalvin cook literally carrying the Minnesota Vikings back into a potential playoff race, literally putting Mike Zimmer on his back and say, Hey, look, coach, I get it. You don't have the corners you used to have. You're developing some of these young guys. The defense isn't what it is. Get on my back here. We're going to run the ball and, and we're going to potentially get back into things here in the NFC North. That's what we're seeing. So when you see uh, the, the running back position, is it devalued? Well, it depends because I think there is an elite class that deserves to be paid, but there's also, you know, if, if you look, right, and let's just use Melvin Gordon. He, he signed a, a two-year, $16 million deal with the Broncos. If the Broncos had passed on Melvin Gordon and instead signed uh, Devonta Freeman, let's use Devonta Freeman as an example, would that have changed their team much? Or would he be able to do pretty much what Melvin Gordon brings to the table? Probably. So I think there's this elite tier, but then there's also people that say, you know, the phrase running backs don't matter. And right. I think that that's partially true too, but there's always exceptions to the rule. And, and right now Cook is playing like it. And I don't think he's actually in the same class as, as a couple of the other guys, Kamara and McCaffrey. I think those guys are just insane. And it's because of what they can do in the passing game. But Cook right now is, he's playing like MVP AP, isn't he, for the Vikings? I mean, he looks yeah. that good and he was dominant the other day for sure. And, and where I might differ with you a little bit with Dalvin, I think Dalvin can catch Dalvin as a pure runner while he's not wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Mm -hmm. Dalvin has an incredible vision and I'm, and I'm a Florida state homer. So I'll, I'll go ahead and admit that. But Dalvin has something he has. Dalvin sees stuff. It's almost like Dalvin sees stuff happening before it happens. And he, he, he actually sets people up. Baldinger, diagram to play i believe it was balding or, or it may have been someone else i think it was jeff saturday actually on tv he bought he diagrammed a play well dalvin cook went through a hole and totally accelerated towards the sideline to set the line back up and then planted his foot pop, and just took off 
I've seen him do that so much, even in college, where he squeezed between cracks. He is just unreal at that type of stuff and planting his foot and accelerating. It's, it's like he has this uncanny ability to squeeze between little cracks and find these holes and then just accelerate out of cuts. And he's never been clocked at less than a 4-5. But he just finds a way to be faster than anybody else on the field. It is remarkable. And I think both of these guys have helped some kids make a lot of money. And we're going to talk about some of those kids because we're going to head into uh, segment three, which is our draft segment. We're going to talk about a couple of running backs that could make a lot of money because of the way that these guys have played. And we're also going to discuss some guys that make us feel old in this year's draft. It's easy to make me feel old because I am a little old, but it's hard to make you feel old because you're not as old as me. But we'll do that in just a second here on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. All right, I've been telling you for a while now about Built Bar, and I'm going to keep telling you, man. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, bar none. No pun intended, but bar none. And I say that for a reason. One is because it tastes absolutely fabulous, and two it's because you have 18 great flavors to choose from. And three, it's because with our promo code locked on, when you go to builtbar.com, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's right. Locked on is the promo code, 20% off your next order of built bars. Now, people are telling me they're trying the coconut almond, the cherry barkia, the coconuts and cream with the cookies and cream. And man, I'm telling you, bro, it they have so many flavors. German chocolate. Are you are you serious? It's almost, it sounds like Thanksgiving. No, it's Thanksgiving in a bar is what it is. And it's Built Bar, and it is absolutely amazing. You need to try them at BuiltBar.com. 20% off of your next order. When you go on BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. you need to do it now. Do it now. BuiltBar.com. Okay, man, it's Locked On NFL Wednesday. James Rapine along with Tony Wiggins, the host of... Locked on Bengals and Locked on Jaguars, respectively. We do it every Wednesday here on Locked on NFL. We're talking NFL draft, and we were just talking running backs and the uh, valuation of uh, certain running backs. And there's two guys that I want to discuss with running backs, and then we're going to talk about two guys that make both of us feel old in this draft. And it might make a few of you guys feel old, too. We're going to have a little bit of fun with it in this (laughs) third and final segment. Uh, A guy that makes both of us reminds both of us of two of the guys we just thought about he's in the acc we talk about acceleration we talk about the passing game and if you look at him he reminds me a little bit of dalvin cook and he also reminds me a little bit of travis Etienne. and that is no he doesn't remind me of travis Etienne. It reminds me of alvin kamar it is travis Etienne. From- <laughs> he's about 5 10 2 10 which is the same size as both kamara and dalvin cook and if you think about it, he has attributes and traits of both of those guys, doesn't he? He does. He does. He's a, a special player. And, heck, I, I, the reason they were in the game against Notre Dame and they're able to go one-on-one without Trevor Lawrence, obviously the freshman plays well, and I don't want to butcher his name, but Travis Etienne's the real deal. And you, you look at this running back class as a whole, Tony, there was an argument. I'll take you back to when Joe Mixon got paid in Cincinnati – to all of the the guys that were coming out in the draft next year. It, it's not just Travis Etienne. Like there, it's another pretty deep class. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners probably watch or are familiar with the SEC. Najee Harris out of Alabama is that's a guy the, a lot that, of people that's the other guy I was gonna mention. Yep. It, it, a lot of a lot of people were paying attention to him. Heck, uh Chubba Hubbard from Oklahoma State 
is a guy, and I might have, uh, you know, it might be Chuba, I might have butchered his name, but he's a guy that's going to come up as well. The, the fact is, is you got that, that five to six guys that you're going to hear mentioned and two to three that could all vie for that top spot. And ETN's probably the favorite, but would it shock you if Harris just plays great down the stretch and uh, runs a great 40, let's say, and, and moves up the draft board? It wouldn't be, be, because I, I think that there are guys here. Trey Sermon with Ohio State's another guy to pay attention to. So there are, uh, there are a lot of backs in this class. And so this is the argument again when we get back to should you pay one or not. Well, if you can get one of these guys on a rookie deal, they're so talented that it's the, the amount you're going to pay some of these other backs, the veterans that are, are not on their rookie deals anymore. Is it worth it? Or should you just invest in that position again and get a guy, you know, heck you saw it in, in, in Jacksonville with James Robinson, find a guy like that, that, that can play at a high level and uh, costs about a 15th of what you would have paid Leonard Fournette. Right. And, and so even if these guys, and we'll get to Najee in just a second because I do have a comp for him. But even if these guys don't get picked, so we were, you were talking about uh, Chuba or Chuba Hubbard and Kenneth Gainwell up at Memphis and guys like Zamir White, who was an all-world recruit who got hurt a couple of times in college, but he's, he's bounced back. But some new guys that are popping up, Javante Williams was very, very hard to tackle at Georgia. Uh, uh, Keelan Hill, the kid at uh, Mississippi State who made a big stance off the field and um, has now come back and, and played well on the field, and now he, he's opted out a little bit. Stevie Scott, big kid up at uh, Indiana. So there are a lot of running backs. Cameron Harris has made a name for us as a, as a workout warrior down at Miami. So all of these guys, even if they're mid-round picks, and we've seen a lot of those guys, the Singletaries, and we've seen a lot of those guys in the NFL, uh, Sanders up in, uh, in Philadelphia. Even if you're a guy that shares carries and splits carries and you're a third, fourth, fifth round pick and you're in a rotation, uh, Philip Lindsay's that way right now in Denver. You got to be patient when you get to the NFL. You got to be a guy that understands that the less wear and tear on your body and you sign a three or four year rookie deal, you're not going to get paid as much as some of these other guys. But you're 25 years old and you're due for a contract, and you're a 1,200-yard total yards guy, right? When you're catching balls and you're playing for a team that's in contention and you're doing a lot of things for that football team that can't be replaced, and you're having your moments. That kid Adam Jones is one of them right now in Green Bay. You feel me? And he's got that mm -hmm. Williams kid that he's splitting time with. You get paid because of your value. And guess what they say? You're 25 years old and you don't have a lot of tread on your tires because we were splitting time. So what may look like a curse at the very beginning because you didn't get your money, and then instead of being a guy like Fournette that has a lot of miles and he's 25, and now he may be struggling to get big money because he looks like he's getting a little bit worn out, that's not happening with these airbags. That's not happening with these younger guys. What's happening with them is, they're getting more and more opportunities because they can be used in several different ways. And because a lot of them didn't get a lot of that tread early, they're being used in multiple running back offenses and it's actually going to help them. So there's light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of these guys. If they're not first round picks. I agree. I, I totally agree. And I think that that's, that's sort of the key, uh, you know, Derek Henry, there was once upon a time he was splitting carries in behind DeMarco Murray. Think about that. That was not long ago. And he's a big physical guy that's going to take hits. 
well, that might have saved him uh, enough to get an extension and get this big deal that he received. And you see it, it can come and go quick with running backs. And that's why you mentioned the air backs. I think that's kind of a, an important trait here. Of course, you need to be able to run, you know, run between the tackles and things like that. But are you a receiver in a way? Can you add that? Because not only does that add value to your team, but it's a way to, to keep you healthy. So you're not, you know, getting the ball handed off to you 15, uh, it's 15 times instead of 25 carries a game, right? Because th- those five receptions are a little easier on you. So that that's kind of the, the key to me is you see these guys, which ones can pass catch. And those are the guys that can still have that long, long career because they're not going to be in the trenches every single play they touch the ball because it's look, running back's a hard spot. It's a hard position. And it's, uh, it's one of those things they're going to have to, and, and the more you can do, whether it's pass block and things like that. But I, I completely agree with you. If you're not used as much early on, and that's why if I'm an NFL team, by the way, you, you look at these guys that have a lot of tread on the tires, so to speak, and have gotten, you know, thousands of carries in the, in college. I don't know if I, I want that necessarily try to find the talent that hasn't been used as much. Alvin Kamara is the perfect example. Wasn't used that much in Tennessee. He was a Butch backup. Jones, he was a backup, right? Which was ridiculous because I, I remember talking to Bengals coaches at the time, and that was the you know the star-studded running back draft back in 2017. But they had Kamara and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook right next to each other because they were all high-end players, and the the fact that those guys slid to the second and third round. That, that, that tells you something because I, I think they'd be the number one running back in a lot of classes. And we've seen all three guys uh, end up being really, really good players. The other guy I think will, will go high is Najee Harris and he's 6'2 through 30 out of Alabama. And that's because of his physicality, because he plays in a pro offense, because he runs, he catches, he split carries with the kid that's in Oakland right now. He split a lot of carries. He's still splitting carries, but he does everything and he's tough. And uh, my comp for him is not Derrick Henry. It's a little more Steven Jackson. And I think he can do everything. And he's just that type of dude we're talking about, that guy that can really do everything. Can you imagine a team, let's just say a team that has a really good running back right now that kind of picks late. The way, let's just say if it's Minnesota, if, if they didn't have such other big needs. If, if it's, even if it's Cincinnati, if they didn't have such big needs. And they just got another guy to go with Joe Mixon. Say if, if Najee's there at the top of the second round, and just we just can't pass him up. And they get Najee. That, that'd be a coup. That'd be a coup for them to go out and get a guy like that because that's what teams seem like they're doing these days. Hell, the Giants might even do it in the top of the second round with, with Barkley being hurt now two years in a row. So, yeah, man, that's, that's what teams have to start doing. They have to start looking at these running backs as valuable people there's not a devaluation of running backs. I hate the saying you can find a guy. If you could find a guy, then everybody would have one. I just think certain teams do a good job of finding people that fit their system. I don't think it's you can find a guy. I think there are teams that do a good job of identifying guys that fit their system. The 49ers and Shanahan, they do a good job of finding guys that fit their system. That doesn't mean that everybody can find a guy because there are teams right now in the National Football League that don't have a running back. That, that can't find anybody that can run the football effectively. The 49ers seem like they find one off the street. That's because they know how to pick them. It doesn't mean you can find a guy. It means they know what to look for. Um, something that made me feel old that I want to touch on in the draft, we won't stay too long on this, but 
you realize Patrick Sertain Jr. and Asante Samuel Jr. are most likely going to be in the draft this year? Damn, man, it just seems like about 10 years ago I was watching their daddies play. <laughs> it was 10 years ago, right? You're, man, that makes me feel old, too. We're talking about juniors and guys that we're used to seeing on Sundays. And, yeah, they're, they're both projected to be to go early, right? First rounders. So, I mean, so, well, are- well, Sertain Jr. is expected to go top six. Asante Sammy Jr. is expected to go somewhere in the maybe second or third round. And he's as, as like the top nickel. He's a tough, ooh, he's tough. He's like the top nickel in the country. So uh, they're a little bit different. Sertain's Jr. is like 6'2", maybe 200 pounds, and Asante's like 5'10", 184. But they're both from South Florida. Man, it's just it's, – that's just so surreal to me because it just feels like I'm not supposed to be sitting here still young and spry – and Patrick Sertain Jr. and Asante Samuel Jr. are going to be playing in the NFL. It's not. It's nuts. It's nuts. And that's good for them. And good for them to work their tail off. Because you know how hard it is for, for uh, sons of a former professional athlete, and not just professional athlete, star that everyone knows, and you're out there playing corner. And, oh, man. You know how much they got targeted in high school? Oh, yeah. and, and people took shots at them probably. And then in college and people see, and, and the fact that they're, they've made it to this point, good for them. And I, yeah. I hope they both, I, obviously we don't know where they're going to land. Hopefully they both have successful NFL careers. No doubt about it. And we'll certainly be watching them. And you guys stay around and keep watching and listening for us because we'll be here every Wednesday. We're also going to be around on our daily podcast on Locked on Bengals and Locked on Jaguars. Check us out. Uh, it's your team every day. Locked on NFL is here every day. Uh, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can uh, follow along on Spotify, but you can subscribe here on Google Podcasts. You guys continue to take care of each other and make sure you check our programming out every single day here on Locked On NFL, Locked On Bengals, Locked On Jaguars. For James Rapine and Tony Wiggins, we'll see you later and take care and we'll see you next time.